sit back, relax, you got nothing to lose. What do you think I'm about to show you? The feeling of the species is more deadly than a male. Only a movie, you can say it again. Just wait till you see what I did at the end. The female of the species is more deadly than a Hello, everyone, and welcome to the More Deadly Podcast, where we review horror movies directed exclusively by women-identified directors that prove that the female of the species is more deadly than the male. More Deadly is a trans-inclusive podcast. We celebrate the work of cis and trans women, as well as non-binary filmmakers who are comfortable being included in the space that centers the work of women. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me is my favorite person on the planet, the one and only Ariel. Hi. <laughs> so this weekend, we went away. We had a little bit of a zombie girls cabin adventure. Yes. Unfortunately, you were not able to attend and you were very, very missed. I oh, thought about you so a lot. Oh, and thank I, you. Yes. I was thinking about how much it would be fun. There was like, I, I, because I'm, I'm, am I not merciful? Am I not generous? I gave up all the beds and slept on the couch. Oh, I, I like sleeping on a couch and I, it was the most comfortable couch I've ever slept. Oh, but anyways, nice. it really truly was a spectacular couch, but that's neither <laughs> here nor there. The point is there was a couch directly opposite that would have been perfect for a Rachel and Ariel slumber party. Oh I'm my God. Saying. That would have been so fun. But yes, on the out. drive up. So it's mm-hmm. like a two and a half hour drive from where we live in the Bay Area okay. up to the cabin we rented in Arnold, which is up in the foothills near Big Bear Valley, stuff like that, like a bunch okay. of ski resorts. Yeah. Really, really pretty up there. Saw lots of wildlife, including a coyote. I've never <gasps> seen you saw one a coyote? in person before. Oh, that's so cool. Yep. We first got there when we were in the back roads part by the cabin. A coyote, like I had to tell Matilda to slam on the brakes because a coyote ran out in front of us. <laughs> we saw, we had Crazy. frogs in our hot tub. We had deer in the backyard. Amazing. It, we saw so many squirrels. When we went hiking. It was amazing. But topic of conversation on the drive up was, amongst other things, I also complained about work a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> Whether or not you should be in a throuple. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm just not going to let this die. <laughs> I just, well, here's the thing. I'm going to let it die after this, probably. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to say that I feel very validated and vindicated because Matilda agreed what? with me. Because she was like, why? She, her first instinct was why. And I explained to her, I feel like you deserve two partners. You deserve the love and support of two partners like you deserve to have all of the things. Oh, and I think so that you nice. have the emotional maturity, boundaries, things like that. You need to have a functioning polyamorous relationship. I think that you innately embody those things. Plus, you deserve two partners. <laughs> <laughs> and when I explained it to er- to Matilda, she was like, you know what? She should be in a throne. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you guys are hilarious. Okay, so now that there are two people on Team Ariel Thrubble... What, wh- where are you standing on this dis- conversation? <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. I mean, listen, it is very, very sweet that for the reasons that you came up with that I deserve to be in a throuple. I uh-huh. appreciate that you think so highly of me. I don't know if I'm actually as evolved as you think I am. But I don't know. 
pretty evolved. <laughs> As someone who's like still like barely not a simian, I can tell. Oh but I see you off in the distance. <laughs> You're like very emotionally involved. <laughs> You're so funny. But I, <laughs> I don't know. That just, it still seems like a lot. And I happen to live in an area with a lot of polyamorous couples around me. Great. <laughs> Target rich environment. <laughs> Although I don't actually want you to get into a throuple there because I don't want any reason for you not to move back here. Right. right. Don't be falling in love with people until you get here. I don't we'll find you a pod. Don't that. worry. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm nervous if I do move back, that's going to be your mission. Every time you show up at my house, there's just like two people who are like... <laughs> Who are staring at you like that meme? Like- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, no. <laughs> no, it's totally cool. It's totally normal. Like nothing weird is happening here. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm gonna run out to the store. Why don't you guys just get to know each other? <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Here's the problem though, is I am so awkward and weird around new people. I don't know that I could get two people to fall for me. I think it's harder for people not to fall in love with you, Ariel. Oh, you're so nice. I get such it's an ego true, boost. Though. <laughs> it's to true. You. you underestimate your adorability and fabulosity <laughs> and lovability. You have that. One of those was a real word, I think. <laughs> adorability? Is that not a word? I don't know. <laughs> you know what? I'm a writer. Shame on me. <laughs> Maybe it is then. <laughs> you have the AF, uh, AFL. You have high AFL cool shit. <laughs> All right, fine. I'm just going to drop it for now. But I just, okay. I just wanted to, because you acted like it was so insane when I had backup. It does backup. seem a little nuts. And it's not. It, no, it's perfectly. <laughs> I mean, uh, do I do anything that makes sense, to be fair? Like, my brain is, <laughs> it is, I don't even know, like a, a vortex of nonsense. But anyway, I just wanted to let you know. <laughs> okay. All right. One more One of the smartest I ladies we know. I opinion. Yeah, I I, I totally get why you wouldn't respect mine. But I just I, said I wh- respected your opinion. No, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. I don't need your pity. <laughs> but I just wanted to like I. There's additional data. I'm just passing that on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Should you All be right. making any life choices in the near future? <laughs> okay. I'll try to keep that in mind the next time I meet two people at once. Yes. If a couple sends you over a drink, make it. <laughs> It was it's it's me manifesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, enough of that. What have you been up to? How have you been, my darling? Um, you know, tired, mm. stressed. Mm. We're living in a fascist hellscape and I can't escape. <laughs> but other than that, I'm dandy. <laughs> it's great. Well, hopefully the movie today that we're going to be talking about will give you a little catharsis around that. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> uh-huh. it feels like um, a little bit of a response or conversation with the world that we're living in right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> yeah, just a little <sighs> bit. Sorry you're having a hard time. Have you considered alcohol? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Maybe I should. I don't drink nearly enough. Mm. You know? What about this weekend? We have our live show recording in two days. That it'll is be, true. By the time this comes out, time. it'll be out. So what will you have been drinking this weekend? Uh, vodka soda. Oh, okay. I was thinking I'm going to do like 
sad, half-assed uh, uh, mezcal palomas. That's my plan. Because I realized there was some fresca in the back of my fridge, and I was like, <laughs> I also have mezcal. Drink figured out for the weekend. Nice. There you <laughs> I don't go. even have to go to Total Why Wine. Why do you have frescas? What, Just randomly fresca? in <laughs> I think I made mezcal palomas in the past, but with actually all the ingredients. Tomorrow's okay, just, gotcha. Yeah, tomorrow's just going to be those two things, I think. But listen, it's going to get the job done, and it's going to taste delicious in the meantime. Yep, and we'll get to see drunk Rachel again, hopefully. I know. I already know how absurd I'm going to look. For those of you who missed the live show, you I'm sure you missed me being ridiculous. I'm going to have a giant flower crown on. Because yep. midsummer, <laughs> and I'm gonna be drunk, so it's probably gonna buy like be very jaunty by the end of the night. <laughs> oh, I hope so. <laughs> I'm very excited about this weekend show. How about you? Yeah, I am. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Anyways, that'll be a lot of fun. I know we're plugging this after it's come out, but hey, if you're a the thing is, is if you're not a patron now and you missed it. If you join now, it still lives on the Patreon. So you could go back and pretend you were there with us live and watch us be ridiculous. Yep. So, oh, cool. Speaking of which, Randy just sent me kind of an example of what it's going to look like. And it looks awesome. Yay. Yes, that looks great. Good job, producer Randy. All right. Let's talk about what we're planning on doing for this episode. We are going to be covering a little film called She Will from director Charlotte Colbert. And Ariel, can you let our listeners know what our spoiler policy is here on this here podcast? Yeah. So eventually we're going to spoil this whole movie. But first, I'm going to tell you about the director and the making of the movie. And then Rachel and I will give you our non-spoiler thoughts, let you know if it's worth checking out. And then Rachel will give you a warning before we start spoiling all of the twists and turns. And if you want to watch this before we go any further, it is available for rent on VOD just about everywhere. Okay. So, Ariel, on that note, why don't you tell us a little bit about Miss Charlotte and the making of the film? All right. So, Charlotte Colbert is a Franco-British filmmaker, screenwriter, photographer, and multimedia sculpture artist. Whoa, that's cool. So, apparently, she's actually been quite successful, not just in film, but also in these other mediums as well. And she's done a bunch of really well-reviewed gallery showings of her photography and these different multimedia sculptures that she makes, which is really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, apparently she talks a lot about modern womanhood and subverting the male gaze in her work. And she even made pink lacquered reproductive organs and they look really cute and I kind of want one in my home now. <laughs> oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> her husband, um, Philip Cobert, is actually this sort of I don't know, Andy Warhol-esque pop art figure, and oh, they also cool. collaborate sometimes. That makes sense. This movie is, if anything, very artistic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very, very artistic, yeah. So I could not find almost anything about her childhood. She seems to kind of shy away from talking about it in interviews, so I don't really mm. know that much about her when she grew up. But I did read that she was not allowed to watch movies as a kid. And because of that, she became really obsessed with movies. Mm, forbidden fruit. Yes. Do it. Exactly. Exactly. And apparently Misery is her favorite horror movie. Ah, that's a great selection. You know what? I, I mean, think yeah. underappreciated. To be yeah. honest, we've heard a lot of people talk about things that they love. And it's like Rosemary's Baby, um, mm -hmm. Halloween. Like all those things. Sure, they're classics for a reason. But Misery is... Really totally underappreciated because yeah. it's excellent. Yes, 
Yeah, exactly. So she went to the London Film School, and then after that, she went on to make a bunch of short films, including one in 2011 called The Man with the Stolen Heart, which was actually an animated film that she wrote Ooh. and directed, and it was voiced by Bill Nighy. Oh, I like him. Yeah. And in 2013, she co-wrote the script for the feature-length drama Leave to Remain. So we have talked a lot about why genre films are such a great vehicle for exploring deeper themes. That's something that we've talked about a lot on this show as well as on the Zombie Girls show. And in an article by Alistair Ryder for The Lowdown, she talked about why this works so well for horror. So she said, quote, horror is crucially a bold artistic genre where you can do crazy stuff and people don't bat an eyelid. The sight right. of blood coming out of the eyeballs is normal. And because you can push <laughs> boundaries in that sense, you can take more risks in the political and social commentaries. The industry is generally more supportive than if you tackle this in a straight drama because it's more, mm. quote, unquote, entertaining. But that's not to say that those commentaries aren't radical. They're just embedded within stories that make harrowing commentaries easier to digest. That is interesting. I've always thought about it from the mechanics of how it mm -hmm. works psychologically. But I guess the piece that I was always missing is the business side of it. Right. And how exactly. they're, the people who have the money are willing to, you know, take a risk on it. Because I think horror doesn't cost a lot of money, tends yep. to make money, and also is i don't know maybe because it's less respected they're less concerned about i don't know but that's yeah. interesting and that the yeah. message is maybe like a is slightly more hidden than it would be in a straightforward drama where it would be very obvious what the themes were to everybody you know right and it's so integral to the genre from the beginning like it's yeah. not a new thing no they're like inextricably linked yeah right i mean i just saw nope this week <laughs> let me tell you horror is political horror <laughs> is political <laughs> as it should be and i love it for it that's yep. really interesting though yeah, so that's part of what made her want to get into horror. And She Will is her first feature-length film. Wild. It just came to VOD on July 24th. And it premiered at the Losarno Film Festival last year where it won the Best First Film Award. Mm. And while there, legendary director Dario Argento mm. attended the premiere and was so taken with the film that he signed on as executive producer right away. I saw his name and yeah. I was like, I was looking forward to having this conversation because I figured we'd find out how old Dario got involved. <laughs> and having seen the movie, I'm like, yeah, I can see why he dig this. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Charlotte Colbert joined the project after the producer introduced her to the screenwriter, Kitty Percy. So Kitty Percy had actually already written an earlier draft of the film. And when Charlotte read it, she fell in love with it. And so the two ended up finishing the script together. So after that, a copy of the screenplay was actually sent to Sigourney Weaver. Oh, interesting yeah she would have also been incredible in this agreed so she was really interested in playing the lead role and so charlotte was flown to new york to have lunch with her oh my god i want to write a <laughs> script just so i can have an excuse to right? hang out with sigourney weaver right so there was this guardian article written about the movie coming out and interviewing charlotte colbert and she said in that interview she described sigourney weaver as an extraordinary force of nature incredibly tall and brilliant 
<laughs> which uh, I love. <laughs> facts. Fa- the, yeah, facts are facts. Like, yeah. I don't know what to, I don't know how you dispute a statement like that, which is <laughs> just inherently true. Yeah. So unfortunately, this sort of fell apart because uh, Sigourney Weaver was starting to shoot a whole crap ton of Avatar movies. No. All those sequels. Oh, <laughs> So she was going to be busy for a very long time with that. So instead, they went a different direction, and they ended up going with the talented Alice Krieg, who is who is no shade to Alice Krieg, who is absolutely an incredible, like a goddess. Yeah. So (laughs) it's not like you know what I mean. Like it's not like it's a bummer. No, no, no. Sigourney Weaver is of course Sigourney Weaver, but like Alice Krieg, that ain't so too shabby. No, not at all. So the only sort of downside is that it sounds like they decided they couldn't wait, you know, probably years for the Avatar movie shoots to wrap up. So they instead went with Krieg, but without Sigourney Weaver attached, they lost out on some funding and they ended up having to cut some scenes because of it. Hmm. Oh, interesting. I wonder what got cut. Because I do feel like there's... There, well, we'll get into it in the review, but I feel like there's some threads. You know what I mean? And I wonder. If, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Oh, just random fun fact. Rupert Everett is also in this movie. He plays the <laughs> artist yeah. retreat director guy. Yeah. He's so funny. But apparently he and Alice Creek actually went to drama school together. So this was not the oh, first time they had worked fun. together. fun. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's so fun. Yeah. All right. So after they got Alice Creek. They also needed an actor to play the nurse role in this. So Coda Eberhardt plays Desi, Mm -hmm. the nurse who's caring for Veronica, who is played by Alice Creed. So she had some, I guess, paperwork problems that caused a delay in her being able to travel to Scotland, which is where they filmed. Mm. So they had to work on her character development remotely. And that distance and the fact that Coda really looked up to Alice Krieg meant that when they first started shooting together, there was this sort of formality to the way that she interacted with Alice. Mm -hmm. And then because the two sort of organically grew closer as they worked together, it ended up kind of mirroring the relationship dynamic in the script and ended up really helping out with their, you know, acting in the, the scenes together. Oh, that's interesting because they do actually have pretty good chemistry. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think an interesting companion film to this would be St. Maud. I I was thinking the same thing. You were? (laughs) Yeah, because it has a very similar (laughs) dynamic that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So this whole film was shot in 25 days and which it's so crazy to me because so many of these films we hear that where it's like shot in two weeks, shot in 20 Mm -hmm. days, which just does not seem like enough time. But anyways... It was shot in various locations across Scotland, and one of the locations they shot at was actually the place, I guess, where the last woman to be prosecuted for witchcraft in the UK was tried. (gasps) That's so interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So another thing that was really important to Charlotte Colbert, other than getting the sort of actor relationships correct, was the soundscape. She wanted Mm -hmm. to create a really visceral experience for the audience, so she worked with a sound designer And they ended up adding things like electronic instrumentation, static sounds. They also recorded the voices of like younger actors to be whispered, kind of like whispers from Veronica's childhood and some of those dream sequences. Mm -hmm. And they even hired an ensemble choir 
to do something. Oh, about it. I mean, one of the standouts for me is the is we'll talk about it, but is the score and the soundscape in this? Yeah, yeah, I think it really adds to a lot of those scenes. Yeah. Okay, so another kind of fun last fact here is that apparently Coda Eberhardt thinks she saw a ghost while they were filming. <gasps> what? That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so she thinks that she saw a little boy when they were shooting the scenes at the artist retreat, and a tech on set also admitted to having seen him too. So oh, really? Yeah. Now, the weird thing is, is I couldn't find a single interview where she was actually talking about this her this experience herself. I could only find Charlotte Colbert and Alice Krieg talking about it. So in an interview with Screen Rant, Alice Krieg even said that at one point there was something in the night moving and throwing stuff around Coda's room. And it became so intrusive that she was forced to change rooms while they were shooting. What? Yeah. Wild, right? And then oh. somehow the interview just moved on to other things. I would have had like 50 more questions about that. But yeah, Anyways. I need to circle back. Right? <laughs> I, have, I have additional questions. I have follow-ups. I have follow-ups on my follow-ups. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But anyways, Alice Krieg just said that Coda seems very sort of in tuned with these things. And so she said that she's much more mundane and didn't notice any of it, but that Coda really did. So I don't know. It seems interesting to me. Do you feel like you're the kind of person that would see ghosts or do you think you're – do you feel like you're a Coda or a Krieg? I think I wish I was a Coda, but I fear I'm more a Krieg. I, I fear I'm too practical for it, you know? Mm, mm, okay. All right. What about you? I think you might see the ghosts. <laughs> So here's the thing is I am the opposite. I want to be yeah. a Krieg, but I think I'm a Coda. Because <laughs> I did have my ghostly experience. Right. In Wait, weren't you in Scotland, Scotland too? Yes. <laughs> Maybe it's Scotland. Maybe Scotland is just like wicked haunted. I don't know. Yeah. But <laughs> but I like I want to be the person who's just like, I, I would never go off on some ridiculous flight of fancy. But we all know uh -huh. that I'm like conspiracy conspiracy theory or a conspiracy <laughs> fact you know what I mean so like, yeah and I think That's true. if there's a ghost in the house it's gonna probably be like mm, let's talk to her uh-huh yeah I think you're so right. but yeah. I would love to be a Krieg but I think I'm a Coda <laughs> right sorry continue so interesting <laughs> all right so as for what Charlotte Colbert is doing next unfortunately in interviews she was incredibly cryptic ah! Just saying things like there's something coming down the pipe. But she is the executive producer on an upcoming film about Salvador Dali oh. called Dolly Land, which is being directed, which is being directed by. I believe other... you mean directed. <laughs> <laughs> You're such an ass. No, I can't <laughs> Director. <laughs> <laughs> It is being directed by none other than Mary Heron. Holy shit. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Titans. And it's Titans. Ben Kingsley. Meeting Titans. This is exciting I know, stuff. Right? Yeah. Crazy. All right. Cool. <laughs> so that's what I got. Awesome. Well, that was great. That was great. I love it. You know, I always love this part. I don't know how good at, you know, I am at reviewing films, but I think we like bring the thunder with the research, <laughs> especially <laughs> when you're in charge of it. Oh, you're so it's sweet. true, though. It's true. Awesome. Okay, well, let's talk about maybe how we felt about this film. You want me to go first? 
Sure. All right, cool. So this is my non-spoiler review. I think first and foremost, wherever we end up landing on this movie, we haven't pre-chatted. I I know how I feel. But um, this movie is gorgeous. You cannot deny that it is a truly stunning movie from the setting, the use of that setting, the art direction, the shot selection. It's one of the opening shots where it's just her inside a train. Um, yeah. And it's, oh man, that train looks gorgeous. I want to be on that train. The, I mean, the settings, whether it's yeah. the beautiful forests or the incredible train or that house at the end that we won't get into, but that thing is like an architectural marvel. It's beautiful. Yep. Everything about this movie looks lush. The visuals are just stunning. The costuming is really great. I love all of Alice Krieg's sort of like bias cut gowns that is this sort of Hollywood meets entropy uh, aesthetic <laughs> and like her turbans. I love it. Yeah, it's very Norma Desmond. I appreciate it. Yes, exactly. And I I do actually know who that is. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, so I thought that aspect of it was great. Alice Krieg, as we said, is a goddess at any age. She And she is stellar in this. The movie gives her a ton to do uh, yeah. from because she her character really does have an arc in this from the sort of very brittle version of her that we first meet versus who she is by the end of this and, and all the progression she has along the way. And she is absolutely up to the task. I could look at her in those cheekbones all day. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> she is stunning. Stunning. She really is. Like every line in her face is a masterpiece. She is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then I was not familiar with Coda Eberhardt before this, but I am a fan now. I think she's excellent in this. She imbues this character with this mixture of warmth and sadness that is very appealing. And I found myself very invested in the dynamic between the two of them. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I really fell in love with her over the course of this film. I think she's really incredible. We talked about it a little bit, but the score is rad. It's like weird and witchy and perfectly suited to the weird, like kind of dark and atmospheric vibe of this film. There's a lot in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I think there are a lot of ideas here. It's pretty dense with ideas. And I think it really executes on a handful of them really well. There are Mm -hmm. definitely some themes in here that I was like, "Mm, nailed it. There are some pretty cathartic moments. Uh, I think there are also a few threads that kind of, get dropped along the way that I wonder when you were telling me about the making of the film, if some of that is a result of like cuts, because it does feel like we set up some characters that we just never really execute on, which is kind of a shame because I was very interested in them and wanted to know more. Like me too. The lady with the Mm -hmm. pet fox. Tell me more. Tell me everything. (laughs) So I think that's maybe where some people, um, because I think this movie will be fairly divisive. I and I think there's a place in there that people will find room for criticism, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that. And it's definitely more in the vein of an art house film, right? This thing is already as hell. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And even yeah, e- or <laughs> as our friend Cat would say, it's artsy fartsy. Yes, right? <laughs> right. I mean, that's not a problem for me, as we know. Um, no. And this no, thing has a either. nice, tight, ninety-five minute runtime, but it's still kind of a very slowly paced film and it it will test Mm -hmm. patience for people who are not about that life (laughs) i it's not a problem for me but i i want to be honest for people who are like wondering if they want to give this a go i would say proceed with caution depending on how you feel about an artier slower paced character driven story because there you know there are not a ton of action beats in this it's much more about character evolution and it's very much about character evolution and those those action beats 
happen at the end of the movie really yeah you know what i mean in yeah. that final act mm -hmm. where there's a lot of slower stuff in the middle yeah so if this that's not your jam yeah. <laughs> proceed accordingly but right. for me overall even though i do think there are some places that we'll get into that it didn't quite land I came away with this pretty from this pretty positively. I actually liked this quite a bit because of these performances and because of how atmospheric and pretty this movie was. And I think for especially for a first feature film, this thing is wildly competent. So, yes, that sounded like faint praise. I meant competently made. <laughs> it's more than competent. Yeah. Ooh, let me <laughs> I rephrase. Knew what I know, but I want to be clear. Like I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think sometimes I would love to make a movie, and then I watch something like this, and I'm like. Girl, no, you better just write. <laughs> so yeah, just those wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. So those are my thoughts. <laughs> How about you? What did what did you in a non spoilery so way? I was actually a little nervous that we might feel totally opposite about that, but I actually think we feel almost identically about it because I think I love the movie in a lot of the same ways you do, but I also have problems with it in a lot of the same ways that you do. So. I agree with pretty much everything you said. I mean, this movie is gorgeously made. It's beautiful. There are so many shots of Scotland that are just so gorgeous. And My the favorite. way that she films them really adds to the beauty and like how ominous it is or how beautiful it looks in different scenes. There are landscape shots that are just absolutely stunning, really breathtaking camera work. And like you said, there are great character stories and character moments, these arcs that happen. Alice Krieg is amazing. Mm -hmm. She is so great to watch and we can get into specific moments. But I really think that so much of the emotions that happen both on Veronica's face and on Desi's face, like the actors just kill it mm -hmm. because you can feel what they're feeling because of how good they are at portraying it. But I do think that people who want a more linear plot structure, who aren't as into surrealistic imagery, mm -hmm. and who don't like the slower artsy movies, I think you're right. I think this probably isn't the movie for them. I ultimately came away from it feeling pretty positive. There are things that definitely didn't work for me or that I wish were fleshed out more. And I know you're going to hate me saying this, but that maybe it was a little longer and we could have gotten some of those moments. Woman, are you insane? <laughs> <laughs> but I also love a lot of stuff about it. I mean, just the fact that, frankly, we have a horror movie where the central character is a woman in her late 60s mm. that doesn't shy away from showing her wrinkles, that shows the beauty in her face. Mm -hmm is pretty remarkable because so often in horror older women women in that age range are the monsters mm -hmm. right and the aging is the monster in it and so i think it was really refreshing to see that you know and i think that we've covered a lot of films on this podcast and on zombie girls about women who have gotten revenge for past trauma i mean we like you said saint maud amulet is another really good one but I think what feels new here is that we're focused on an older woman playing this lead role. But also, there's a kind of meaningful way that she gets this almost collective revenge that I think changes it up a little bit and makes it interesting. The way that the witchy stuff is interwoven is a little bit different. I don't know. I think there's a lot here to like. It's just not a it's not a home run, but it's really good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was for a minute it was leaning into like hagsploitation and I was relieved yes. that it Me too. didn't. Not mm -hmm. that I don't like okay. hagsploitation. I just felt like it's not what I wanted from this kind of story. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we got something really kind of great here in that respect and something really beautiful that we don't see a lot. Agreed. All right. So there you have it. If you have not seen this movie and you're unsure of whether or not you want to watch it or not, you've heard our our unvarnished but unspoilery thoughts. So like Ariel said, it's available to rent on all of your VOD platforms. If you're not sure how to find those, you should head over to the Zombie Girls. Check out our calendar. Click on old She Will and it'll take you directly to where you can rent it. And by now, if you are someone who doesn't want spoilers, you've had a minute or so to get the heck out of here. And we're going to get into Spoiler Town. I have the synopsis that I shall be reading. And it is not like a full, 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 full spoiler, but it's pretty spoilery. So you've been warned. Okay. We're in. Here we go. Spoiler Town. So Veronica, Alice Krieg, is an aging film star who, following a double mastectomy, goes to a retreat in the highlands of Scotland. My dream. Oh, my God. I love Scotland <laughs> so much. I want to go back so, so bad. <laughs> and she brings along her nurse, Desi who we said is Coda Everhart. So she's in tow. She's hoping to have some alone time, but instead when she gets there, <laughs> ooh, bad news for her. It's a chock-a-block with weird <laughs> new so agey folks. <laughs> like the worst people you do not oh, want to hang I out with. Like the only thing that would worse would be if it was just like full of tech bros. <laughs> oh God, that would be my nightmare. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> I would way rather have these weirdo art yeah. people. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. So they're there and they're doing some weird sort of healing art retreat led by, as you said, Rupert Everett, who's pretty great in this role, I have to He's say. He's delightful. He's yeah. <laughs> such a freaking odd bodkin. I love it. I love it. So um, she goes off and tries to like, isolate from the group, but the la- literal land has different ideas. Um, <laughs> sure does. It turns out that this is basically the site of a bunch of witch burnings that have left something very angry and vengeful in the soil, which make their way in a very beautiful scene into Veronica, mm-hmm. who begins to change and metamorphize and i don't know if that's a real word goes through a metamorphosis let's say that and starts developing some pretty rad witchy powers like uh you know lighting douchebags on fire there's like (laughs) worse powers to have i feel like i would get stuck with a super whack power like the ability to make milk go bad (laughs) (laughs) i want to burn the 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 patriarchy literally okay so meanwhile her nurse uh, Desi is trying her best to take care of Veronica. At first, it's very icy, the relationship between them. But over the course of the film, Veronica starts to open up and her and Desi get closer. They kind of learn about some past trauma and some similarities that they have. And the dynamic really shifts between them in a way that it, I, I found to be very endearing. Yeah. And one night, Desi decides to go out to the local pub and is almost assaulted by the local creep. I mean, when somebody compliments you, says you're so pretty when you smile, like, run. Mm. Run. That's the worst. Run. Like, snip, snip, and bounce. So she's saved by Veronica and her uh, very hungry witch mud. There's a thing in this. Witch (laughs) mud is a thing in this. hungry witch mud. (laughs) Great description. (laughs) Name of our band. Hungry witch mud. (laughs) So now Veronica, who has gone through this metamorphosis, is on a mission for justice, which actually leads her kind of back into her past via magic, of course, to seek out the Artur, who was played by Michael McDowell, who kickstarted her career as a teen and also abused her. Yay. So she confronts him, 
gets her vengeance is saved and then is returned saved again by desi and the two of them right off into the sunset together in an ending that i was like oh thank god such a good ending. Yeah. i'm so tired of watching women sacrifice themselves <laughs> give yeah. me this ending please please yeah so yeah agreed so, all right i went first last time I want to hear all the smart things you think about this oh, movie. You first. <laughs> Tell me what works for this for you. Yeah. Well, again, Alice Craig. She oh. worked in this movie. <laughs> she is putting in the work in this she, movie. She is so much. And I just love how expressive her face is. I mean, mm-hmm. I 100% believed her anxiety when she first gets to that house and is just oh. overwhelmed by a crowd of people. You know, like I felt what she felt in that moment or her sadness when she's on that bridge and and she sees that woman breastfeeding Mm. or when Mm. she notices that tabloid magazine that's sort of comparing how she looked at 13 to the quote unquote horror show of her aged face. You know, Mm -hmm. it's such a quick shot, but you really see just how brutal it is for her. And I think that's all because of her acting. You know, Mm -hmm. she's just so good. And Coda Everhart does such a great job, too, where, like you were saying, you can just read everything on her face. And it's like there's something really subtle about what she's doing there. And Mm -hmm. it's there is just this sort of profound sadness that really matches up with her backstory about her, you know, sad childhood and the the abuse that she faced. So, yeah, all of that's really good. I just want to bring up before I forget that scene that you were talking about with the guy with the hands lit on fire. Oh, oh my God. I love that scene so much. Don't bite the hand that feeds you. <laughs> and he says, he says, the patriarchy, the war cry of hysterical women biting the hand that feeds him. I was like, murder, 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 murder. Justified murder, murder, murder. And again, Alice Krieg's acting where she just has this immense peace and elation that comes over her face when she lights yes! her hand on fire it's perfection it's so good it's probably a mirror of what was happening on my mug in that moment i was like burn him burn him <laughs> yeah there there are so many cool scenes and so many cool visuals in this movie too like you were talking about the mud the mud in this movie is really Mm -hmm. great i think that that effect of it sort of creeping towards her feet and the close-up of her feet and her hands and the moss is all really cool the visions of like the witches burning is really great there's this scene that I really enjoyed where she's painting. Yes. And they all have this painting scene and she sort of is overtaken and she starts painting with, you know, the mud as she's getting flashes of this woman who's all bloody because she's in a witch's bridal being tortured. It's mm-hmm. so powerful and so compelling. There's stuff like that where I was just like, I am in this movie, you know? Yeah. So there are just so many cool visuals and so many cool moments in this movie. And I do think that some of the dream sequences have some really important moments in them. But I also think sometimes maybe there's some artsy stuff that's a little, maybe goes on a little too long. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But what I really loved about this so much was the way in which she was able to use her power. I just think it's so cool that the idea of being able to kind of connect into this Um, This collective voice of all of these witches who had been burned through the earth. I think that's a really interesting idea. And I love that she was Mm -hmm. able to use this power not just to get revenge for herself, but also to protect Desi. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. And that scene <laughs> where the dude is eaten by the mud was very cool. It was very cool. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it looked really great. I thought it was a cool idea. And also it's just another one of those really cathartic moments, you know, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think a lot of us have been in a situation where maybe not that exact thing happened, but where a guy kept pushing too hard, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. And it's just so satisfying to watch him just get completely enveloped by the mud. But that way that she's able to kind of harness the trauma and the rage of all of these witches that came before her and basically kind of, I don't know, dream walk in order to enact revenge. I just think it's really cool and inventive, you know? Yes. Yeah. There's very cool world building and things that we haven't actually seen before in this space. Yeah. Which always feels exciting. Right. Right. Exactly. That there's this like collective rage of all these women who have been tortured and burned at the stakes. And she's able to connect with that through the Mm -hmm. earth, through like the mud and the moss, and then use that, like harness that power in order to get her own revenge and and not even just her revenge, but even to just like come to terms with what happened to her. Cause it seems like she She really revenge. She gets justice. Justice. That's a much better word. Thank you. Yeah. 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 She definitely. And thematically the way the mud reaches for her. Yes. I mean, come on. It's so good. (laughs) It's so smart. I love it. Yeah. It's really smart. It's, it's really, it's really great. And I mean, The way that she, in the beginning, has this obvious wall that she has put up. She's Mm -hmm. sort of created this impenetrable persona, you know, this mask that she puts on. And through this experience, both, I think, with connecting with Desi and what's happening to her and this connection to the earth and the witches, she's able to kind of deal with her own traumatic past. I mean, she... She has all these these sort of dream walk experiences where she's watching her younger self, you know. Mm-hmm. I just think it's really powerful and really interesting. And I also like that Desi has sort of dealt with this stuff in a they, – they didn't have the exact same traumatic experience, but mm-hmm. that they dealt with it in sort of different ways where Veronica puts up this wall and kind of shields herself in this way. And Desi – is able to continue to be super compassionate and like care mm-hmm. for others. And that's how she has seemingly dealt with these things. Mm-hmm. That defense mechanism is really different. And yet they're able to connect through what happened in their past. And Desi's compassion starts to break down Veronica's wall, you know, that she built around herself. It's really beautiful, you know? Yeah. I mean, one of the strengths of this film, I think, is the dynamic between these two women and the way that this really explores across generations, the way that these women have these shared experiences of trauma and abuse, like same shit, different generation, Mm, essentially. And and the but then the solution for this is not to close yourself off and to become all claws and teeth like she describes and it's also not to be so self-sacrificing that you don't protect yourself what it is is solidarity it's actually reaching out for each other Mm -hmm. like the way the woman reached out for her (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's just so much clever writing in this you know yeah yeah there's i mean and it's full of these really i know we've talked about the visual stuff but can we talk about the witch feathers what a cool aesthetic the way it that is really cool. in this place that you know is this site of such horrific abuse and murder rooted in misogyny and rooted mm-hmm. in the patriarchy that the the sky literally rains ash 
is it's just you know symbolic and this very cool motif of the of the ground and the like that black sort of ashy ground all of that in the skies all of that it's just really really cool the way that it it kind of ties back to this history but also has almost a supernatural unnatural uncanny feel to it yeah i like how at the end after alice craig's character is able to to find that justice and to give what's his name what he deserved she's laying in her bed and that the ash starts raining down on her and Mm -hmm. it's almost covering her where she's going to almost sink into the earth you know Mm -hmm. and be buried in it or be buried in it exactly and it's desi that comes and pulls her out of that and then their connection together is what allows them to like leave and have that happy moment on the train at the end it's beautiful the end of this, I think, is one of the best things about that film. It's very sweet. It's yeah. very sweet. It's very cathartic. And it's, I don't know, is it unrealistic? I don't, I don't, I need it, though. I need it. I need to yeah, see I stories that, mm-hmm. that end in this way. That The takeaway is that solidarity has great value and is yeah. actually the solution. We cannot beat them at their own game. We can, and when we wall ourselves off from one another in that sisterhood, we are vulnerable. But when we are together, we are strong. And I I think that that's the ultimate takeaway from this. So even though there's a million ideas in this, and we'll get into it in a minute with the cons, the ultimate theme of this movie, I think, is absolutely nailed. Yeah. Really, really great. I also think there's some really interesting stuff about, obviously, aging and how, but all there is also a link to how that, like, in our system is linked to, like, misogyny and patriarchy as well. Like... The fact that she has this dynamic where she was plucked as a child yeah. by this man, abused. He feels like she should be grateful for what he, that the hand, mm-hmm. not bite the hand that feeds him, right? Right. But as time marches on, even though he is the abuser in this situation, he grows in power. He grows in stature. He is an artur. She is on the cover of a magazine being told she looks old. Right. Yeah. He ages and he just grows in his power, like you said, where she ages and she loses all of hers. Yeah. It's one of the like many themes that this hits that I think did a very good job Mm -hmm. of landing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And remember we were joking last time. I was like, oh, oh, Malcolm McDowell. I take it back. (laughs) He was perfect. He was really good in it. Yeah. There was, you know, he wasn't in it a ton, but he's someone that you recognize that's been around forever. Mm-hmm. Kind of an asshole. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the ca- I, mean, I don't know if he personally is, but that's kind of his brand, right? Yeah, is that yeah. he's kind of a curmudge, at the, at, to put it kindly. So f- for him to be in this role, essentially this Roman Polanski-esque role who sees himself as the victim when, you know, the consequences of his own behavior came a knock in is, is yeah. kind of incredibly perfectly well cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I think you covered a lot of the things that I wanted to touch on and all the places where I think this really works is all of the elements are here, right? The yeah. the visual style, the the performance, the music, for the most part the story, the characters. I think it's all here. It's just a little overstuffed and I think we got to talk about that in the cons. Yeah, um, I agree. Do, I agree. You want to go first? <laughs> do you want me yeah, to go, go first or would you yeah, like Yeah, go okay. for it. I mean, I think, honestly, it's not the issue for me is that it set up a lot of interesting ideas that I wanted to see executed that I wanted to see come together that didn't totally. I am so interested in those other two women on the 
Thank you. Yes. I want to know about the fox lady and I want to know about the woman that was cutting up the wood for the burning The groundskeeper thing. woman. Yes. Yeah. Like yes, they're exactly. on-site compelling characters. On-site. Right. Well, and I think even the way that they're filmed, like the way that they're shot and the way that the camera lingers on them and we spend a little bit of time with them here or there, mm-hmm. like led me to believe that they were going to be important to the plot in some way how many we knowing and like glances yes. and stuff i mean to not circle back to them was a bummer because i was like yes you've given me something i'm very interested in i would right. like to know more that and then also i feel like the stuff with rupert Ever- rupert everett yes mm-hmm. that's his name i felt like it was going somewhere that we yeah. never quite white got to no and it never really ended up going anywhere it's like we see them at that bonfire night and i thought something was going to happen there but doesn't really ever Mm -hmm. and it's setting up all of these quirky weird characters but then never doing anything with them so it just it left it feeling unfinished to me because of that Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah i think that's fair which is a shame because there's so many great moments where things came together. We didn't talk about it, but another like, sorry, I know I'm wearing cons, no, but I got go one more pro. The scene of her looking at herself in the mirror and looking at <gasps> yeah. her mastectomy scars, you know, the dialogue earlier in the film about like, imagine looking in the mirror and feeling hope. And you get to see her do that mm-hmm. and like, look at her body with all its quote unquote imperfections. And to have that moment of catharsis and connection with her body. she feels powerful again. Oh, I fucking loved it. It was amazing. And so those moments are so strong that it carried the film for me. But it made me also, like, when the things didn't come back, I was just kind of like, ah, bummer. Yeah. I feel like you were going somewhere really interesting like this. And I wanted to see it. I wanted to see where you went. I, I trust you. You've given me all of these reasons to believe you know, that I am in good hands with you as a director and a storyteller. Tell me the rest of the story. Right, because I was so <laughs> compelled by those characters that yes. it was pretty disappointing not to have it go anywhere at all, you know? And I feel like you could have maybe cut out some things like the woman who kept doing interpretive dances. <laughs> like, I don't think that added any meaning to anything. I mean, I guess it was beautiful in a way, but I was just like, okay, come on. Or even like the slugs. You know, I, I don't know. I yeah. just I felt like there was some stuff like that where it just sort of went on too long and, and became a little self-indulgent. And if you just trim down that stuff, maybe you would have had room for the other yeah. things without mm. committing Rachel's cardinal sin of making the movie <laughs> over an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, also some of it was the casting. I I'm, I don't know how to pronounce her name because it is like there's a lot of like, mm-hmm. uh, like there's a lot of punctuation in the name, uh, but. I'm going to try Owen okay. Ferrer, Ferrer. Better than I could have done. Who plays Jean, the woman with the pet fox. With the yeah. pet fox. Don't give me a pet fox. Was she also right the one who played Sally in yes. the Texas Chainsaw? Okay. Yes. Yeah. She was done so dirty in Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre. So when I saw her, I was like, vindication. Because right. I find her deeply compelling oh, as an me actor. Too. I, she's another actor who, one, I think is is good. But two, has a face that I just want to keep looking at, you know? I want to see more of her. So yes. I, it was a bummer to not get more of her because she was there. We had her. She had a pet fox. And that chubby Bol- little fox was so damn cute too. <laughs> Bol- like I didn't realize it was her pet till we saw it the second time. Yeah. And it was following her and again. I was like, it's a pet fox. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So any other any other thoughts? Not really. I would just, okay, this is going to sound super nitpicky. Um, okay. 
I this the shot that we were talking about with the mastectomy scars, I think mm. is really powerful and really yeah. important that they showed it. But she was supposed to be just days away from her surgery and those were like years old scars. I'm just saying I mean, the special I think effects she's people. healed. Oh, you think that's what it is that she Remember healed? Remember she says all earth? my pain is gone. Yeah. All right. So what we're enough. looking at is okay. yeah, I'll yeah, take yeah, it back. Yeah. I'll take it back. I totally get why you would be like, come on now. But I think the point I think actually yeah, the point was I, I they were healed. Yes. Mm-hmm. That gotcha. the earth had healed her. I missed yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. That's why we talk about it. <laughs> That's why we talk about it. All right. So overall, what is your recommendation? Should people check out She Will? So I think if you're somebody that likes more artistic movies, more surrealistic movies that explore really interesting themes, then I think you should 100% check out this movie because I think there is a lot here to sink your teeth into. The performances are beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's lovely to look at. So there's a lot of reasons to watch this. But I also think that there are some elements that are missing and there are some parts where it's going to feel slow and long. So just know thyself and maybe stay away if that's not for you. Yeah. Yep. I think that's fair. I, as someone who does like an an arty farty movie. <laughs> I mean, it is a it is a beautiful artistic film about female rage yep. that ends with like catharsis. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Of course, I'm gonna recommend. Yeah, hundred <laughs> <I mean>, percent. <laughs> like, I'm such a ringer. You know what I mean? You had me like at concept alone, <laughs> and then you gave me something really pretty and a pet fox. Of course, I'm gonna recommend it. Yeah. So I would say, but with the caveat of not everybody has my taste. If you tend to agree with me i think yeah give it Mm -hmm. definitely give it a go give it a shot because i also think if this was her first movie oh yeah get it at the ground floor right like yeah (laughs) be a stand from the the beginning here is rich so i can't imagine what she's gonna do next yeah yeah i'm excited to see what Mm -hmm. she does and it sounds like she likes playing in genre the genre yeah 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 sort of sandbox so hopefully we'll see more i'd love to see her i'd love to see her do like a like a horror sci-fi Ooh, that could be cool that could be cool Mm because she knows what she's doing with special effects the special effects look good there was a budget for the special effects or she made it look like there was a budget for right (laughs) one or the other (laughs) i would love to see her do some sort of like weird space body horror would be rad Mm, that would be cool agreed all right cool so we did actually get listener mail this episode Mm mm-hmm from someone very smart, very cool. I <laughs> have not read this yet, and I'm hoping she's not going to be like, you dumb <laughs> Yeah, she told us on Discord that she was sending it in, so I've been very curious because she gave us a little taste of what she thought. So I think she may feel a little bit differently than we do, but I'm very curious. Uh, okay. Okay. I, I think she did it like she was like kind of – she did some spoiler text, and I haven't looked. That reminds me, what was the thing you and Eddie were talking about that I haven't watched yet? That I was like, ugh, the FOMO. What? It wasn't this movie? Maybe it was this movie. I think it was this movie and you just... Because then we Hell switched yeah. to... Hell yeah. We switched to DMs afterwards and then we started oh. writing that one. Do you have DMs from Eddie you want to share or nay? Um, let me see. He really loved it. So let's see if there's something here that I could... Oh, read. did he? Oh, that's good. See, he can get down with an arty farty movie like us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Eddie really liked it and... He he watched the movie and we were kind of chatting in the Discord and then we started DMing and he was saying that 
that movie still has me thinking as I sit and watch baseball. The dynamic of the loss of her breasts, symbol of sexual womanhood, being the thing that has her needing to revisit the childhood rape memories, entering womanhood mm. in such a traumatic way is very powerful. It makes the revenge aspect more essential to the story. I still might not get the witch mythology, but boy, does this one have me thinking. I can't wait to hear the pod on this one. <laughs> way to come in and say something way smarter. <laughs> <laughs> Prepare to be disappointed with our analysis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, Eddie, if we let you down. <laughs> All right, so this one comes from our very, actually very good friend, Jodes. Like, not friend of the pod, fam of the pod. You know, she can come to the barbecue. All right. <laughs> so she says, hello to my favorite ladies in podcasting. And let's face it, most other places too. Aw, hey! <laughs> I love her so much. <laughs> I do. I love this woman. Last night, I saw She Will, and I'm excited to hear your show on it coming up. I saw it last night and have thoughts. Mm, okay. All right. I really love the concept and the themes. I like the exploration of generational rage and tapping into it to deal with your own trauma. I like the relationship between Veronica and Desi, but I wish they had delved into it a bit more. Oh, here we go. I got real St. Maud vibes off that. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) I mean, I just think, yeah, they're perfect companion pieces. Oh, yeah, totally. What's interesting is that the woman, the elder, the sort of like the matriarchal character in that very different motivations, very, very very different different responses Mm -hmm. to you. Um, Yeah. Okay. The cinematography was gorgeous. And like you, I love me some full core and witchy shit. Give me some of that. (laughs) (laughs) Some clear nods to The Shining. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I guess so. In the house at the end, maybe? Oh, okay. That's interesting. I had not Yeah, that is interesting. I'd have to watch it again. I'm not sure I caught that. In the final scenes, which I am here for, I found it really interesting that Veronica was recovering from a mastectomy, having had something decidedly feminine taken away from her and then being able to channel that into female rage God, our listeners are the smartest i know on the planet they should be it's doing an- this show <laughs> right it's annoying how smart they are <laughs> i don't actually mean that i love it <laughs> however i found some of the elements a bit clumsy yeah. all of the group stuff was weird for me that it felt like filler or padding out of a short film when the guy's hand catches fire in the art class and then the cl- ash clouds uh, kill the director. I thought those scenes lacked the scares that probably they should have had and didn't work. As I said, I wanted more from the nurse slash patient relationship and it lost me when Desi says to Veronica that it's normal when she tells her she's having dark thoughts rather than be concerned for her patient. That's mm, interesting. That's actually, that's a fair critique, I guess. But I mean, I do think that it's understandable to have those kind of thoughts and you have to, you know, validate people's feelings too. I don't know. That's interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There was a line pretty early on when one of the characters says they are losing their grip on reality. I really wanted the filmmaker to show rather than tell us that. The ashes and the mud were very cool imagery, and I felt like their meaning could have been more subtly explained. Overall, on paper, I love this, but the execution didn't do it for me. I'm really excited to see what Charlotte Colbert does next, though. Love yeah. from the UK, Jody. <laughs> oh, Jody, you're so smart. Yeah, I mean, yeah. honestly, I kind of agree with a lot of her points. This, the one thing that didn't really occur to me is the scary part of it. I guess I wasn't really mm. expecting that from this movie, but had those scenes had a real scare to it, I mean, that would have been really impactful. So I totally see what she's saying. 
I just guess, I yeah. guess I went into this not thinking that that was it was that type of movie. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, it's so rare to be scared anymore. Like I've yeah. forgotten to even factor that into my <laughs> reviews, which I probably should. It's actually a good reminder that yeah. some people want to know that information. Right. And I'm it's just always be scary like, or not. This movie is not scary. Oh. No, it is not scary. It's I mean, it's scary kind of in that what it's talking about is some real yeah. shit. Right. But are there scares in no. the movie? No. It's more like moody atmosphere, I would say. It lives in the horror genre and that it's playing with those tropes, but I don't think it's ever even trying to scare. I don't think so. No. I mean, yeah. e- even the mo- even the moments that are a little more tension-filled, like with the scene with Dead Z in the forest with the guy from the bar, it yeah. still doesn't ever edge into really tense even. Do you know what I mean? I mean, mean? that's not even really like so much. I mean, I, get, I mean, it's horrifying. Sure. But it isn't horror. No. You no. know what I mean? I know that's like a it's I'm saying using the words to define it, which is not a helpful thing. But like <laughs> you get it. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I think I yeah, I think all of her critiques are mostly pretty fair and I think obviously it's always subjective, so how you feel is correct. I mean, what I really appreciate but you know that both Jody and Eddie did is go back to like we kind of really breezed over this mastectomy, which is kind of crazy because yeah, it is such right. a fundamental part of the story. Well, we really I, skip towards the end where she's connecting with the earth. We were like so excited to talk about that part right. of it. That we, <laughs> we glossed over like a huge part of the film. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things. It's interesting. Because we want people not to feel like their value comes from right femininity. But I also feel like on, there's the other side of that that's like, you know, puts a high value on femininity, which, you know, misogyny mm-hmm. does not. And so yeah. I always kind of am mentally in conflict with those kinds of things because I do think that there's this idea of the m- more powerful you are, like the character is – it as it moves on the scale towards masculinity and like devalues femininity. And so I think that there's this knee jerk reaction to be like, your breasts do not define you. This weird like second wave part of ourselves. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think especially for somebody like you who really does put a, a, you know, who does really value femininity and that expression. Mm -hmm. I think that it can sometimes feel, yeah, like we're falling, we're going too far the other direction. Right. Right. You know, because there is value in that. And it shouldn't be that you can't be powerful and be traditionally feminine, you know? Yeah. And it They're also not puts mutually kind exclusive. Of, exactly. I mean, there's a yeah. great power in femininity. Yeah. And this movie is very much a celebration of that. But it's also interesting that moment where they're talking about androgyny in the film, which I thought was like yeah. pretty profound. And it speaks to where she's at in terms of the loss of her breasts, mm-hmm. where she's like, it's repugnant to be androgynous in old age whereas it's yeah. very attractive in in when you're young that is which really i mean it is attractive when you're young i'm not <laughs> I, I agree <laughs> but i think it, it's actually an interesting character moment through the lens mm-hmm. of that and like the feeling of the loss of that power um, yeah. a feminine power if you're connecting with like a part of your body that is traditionally seen as a female aspect yeah, and especially for somebody like who, like her, who was an actor and was so much in the public eye and so much about the way she looks, you know, and sexualized and right sexual. from the top. Yeah, yeah. right from childhood. I, I felt like that placing her at age thirteen was very pointed. Uh, Roman mm-hmm. Polanski reference. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, that's I'm I'm actually really glad that we read these because I think we would have been remiss not to touch on that a little bit. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Jody. Thank you, Eddie. We love, 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 love the letters. We love the feedback. We would love to get more of this. If you're out there and you're listening and you've, you're feeling shy about sending in an email, do not send it in. We'd love to hear from you. You can always reach us at rachel at zombiegirls.com. That's G-R-R-L-Z.com. You can also chat with us on the Facebook group. You can slide into our DMs on uh, Instagram and Twitter at ZG Podcast Plural. You should be following us anyway because Ariel is our social media maven and she is killing the game (laughs) thank you seriously such a fun follow and it's not just because it's ours it's because i like fall i i'm always liking our (laughs) shit i always have to be careful not to like it from the zombie when i'm logged into the zombie because i'm like no oh my god me rachel rachel like oh i've definitely liked him like ah i'm like (laughs) a couple of times But if you, okay, so if you're on there and you're like, why is Zombie Girls liking their own stuff? Just assume it's me being a dumbass. And unlike it? Gotcha. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> don't, oh no, you don't have to unlike. I'm I'm just saying if other people happen to see that. Like, oh, don't think it's gotcha. Ariel who's just like, I'm amazing. I'm beautiful. <laughs> I'm gorgeous. I'm a Melinda Evangelista. It's me being like, mm, good, funny. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah so you should follow us if you are looking for something uh, spooky to watch tonight you should check out our video on demand and streaming calendar at zombiegirls.com if you're having a good time listening to us and you want to show us a little love please do so by reviewing us and rating us wherever it is that you're getting your pods it really does help the show out plus it makes us feel good don't you want us to feel good I want us to feel good Yeah, you want us to feel good (laughs) look at how much we have in common we should totally hang out anyway (laughs) Yeah, write and review us, or you can support us by buying some of our sweet, sweet merch. You can do that at zombiegirls.com forward slash merch. And then, of course, because everybody's got to have one, right? We got a Patreon. So you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash zombiegirls, where you get extended episodes. We're going to be going through some headlines because your girl did not prepare ahead. I did, actually. I pulled some stories that I thought would be interesting. Yeah, no, I like that. We're going to do that. You also get bonus episodes. For instance, we have our live show, which we talked about at the top of the show, that even if you missed it live, it still lives on the Patreon. So if you're a patron, you can head over there and check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully I didn't make a total ass of myself, but (laughs) you'll have to be a patron to find out. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you'll also get to join our Discord, which is super awesome. You can hang out with us. You can hang out with Jody. You can hang out with Eddie and uh, a lot of other really cool, really smart people. We hang out there pretty much all day, every day. So come join us. Oh, so a little housekeeping note, just to throw it out there. This week, I was got the distinct pleasure and honor of hanging out with our good friends over at Bloody Good Horror again. We covered the film Nope. It's out. I think it will have come out maybe a day or two ago when this drops. And it was a really fun conversation. I will say it's very spoilery. So if you are spoiler adverse, make sure you check out the movie first because there are definitely things that can be spoiled in it. But it was a really great conversation, you know, about the work that Jordan Peele has done and how this fits into that and how he's evolved as a filmmaker and a storyteller. And also, I tried on the spider bonnet on the air. Ah! So really highs and lows. Oh my god. Highs I'm and lows. So excited. I wasn't able to watch the live show because I haven't gotten I can't go to the theater, so I haven't seen Nope yet. But holy cow, the second I watched that movie, 
I'm watching that live <laughs> that live show recording because I need to see. I've seen Rachel in the Spider Bonnet before, but I need to see the reactions to Rachel in the Spider Bonnet. It was funny because Eric tried to call me out like I had not come through, and I was like, "Hold on." <laughs> I was like at it next to me, and Eric and John hadn't been on the previous episode. That's right. So- when I pulled it out, I think he left his body. Like he actually moved away from the camera as I was like, see, you, this looks like a strip of fabric, but you, what you don't understand is there's engineering involved in this. <laughs> so yeah, there are a lot of laughs, a lot of really smart things said by them. Not so much me oh, about the movie. So you should definitely check that out if you have not, if you are not already listening to Bloody Good War. Come on. What are you doing? They're the best. They're the best. I mean, yep. it has our girl Caitlin on it, who is an angel. And, ha- and just like a bunch of awesome smarty pants dudes that I adore. Yeah, check it out. All right. So that just leaves our plan for the next episode. Usually it'd be a me pick, but we actually have a pretty exciting guest joining us. We Who's do. joining us? <laughs> All right. So for the next episode, Jason from Dads from the Crypt is coming on the show. Yeah. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> <laughs> we are very excited about this one. We've been planning this for a while and yes. we've just been waiting for it. And he wants us to review Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. And it's directed by Rachel Talole. And it is about, in case this is one you have never seen before, dream-haunting Freddy Krueger returns once again to prowl the nightmares of Springwood's last surviving teenager and a woman whose personal connection to Krueger may mean his doom. Ooh, so (laughs) confession? Yes. I have not seen this movie. This will be a first watch for me. Ooh, okay. So my confession is that I have seen this movie, but it has been long enough that I don't remember anything about it. So it'll be very fresh. That's far less shameful. (laughs) Okay, so then here's my next confession. I don't know if I've seen the movie before. (laughs) So I've seen the first three. And then that's it? And I've seen the fight, the one where he comes back and it's like meta. Okay. That's it. But that's it. Okay. So my question is, yeah, I was going to say, so my question is, is in the next two weeks, do I need to see all, is this the kind of thing where I have to have seen all of them? Fuck. I don't know because I don't remember, which means I probably need to revisit them too. I've seen the first three, like a number of times, but the ones after that, I think I've only seen maybe one time. So maybe twice but with my memory that's not saying a lot let's see let's see how many movies are between now maybe we need to email jason and ask him like hey would you recommend we rewatch it's the sixth movie oh shit so we've seen three and i feel like we're good on that like i definitely you know what actually i don't think i've seen two (laughs) i've seen one three So you've only seen and the new ones nightmare. that covered on Zombie Girls. Is what I'd saying. seen the new Nightmare before that, and I'd seen the first one before that. The, only the third one is the one that I've seen all because of the show. But I've um, always meant to watch them. Yeah. It's one of those things that because there's always new stuff coming out, it's hard to it's like hard to if go you back. miss it. Mm-hmm. It's hard to yeah. like you. It's hard to get it. So maybe this is finally going to be the thing that makes me get caught up. And because basically, if I watch. The movies I need in order to have seen Freddy's Dead, I'll have seen them all. <laughs> That's true. So, yeah. so this might be the question is, do I admit to this to Jason? I think no, because I want to have some street cred. <laughs> you want him to think you're cool. 
which 100% means now I'm not going to not be able to tell because <laughs> I've said it and I'm I like, know. I'm not going to say it. So I'm 100% going to say, say it. it. Absolutely. That is your personality. <laughs> no hope for me. <laughs> but yes, I'm very excited. I got to go on an episode of Dads from the Crypt, which is an excellent show if you are not listening to that what are you doing those yes. guys are so much fun it they like are. it's called dads from the crypt because they're all dads and so there's a portion of every episode where they talk about being dads and i'm not even like a kid person but listening to them talk about their kids is hilarious it and is so sweet and <laughs> it like so almost makes me they're so charming yeah and their kids are like, at funny ages where they're just saying like wild stuff <laughs> and i don't know it's really sweet it's like this weird you know it's like a sweet salty thing right they're talking about like horror (laughs) but then they're also talking about this really kind of like sweet aspect of their personalities and identities and lives and stuff yeah absolutely all the personal stuff is great and also as their show has grown they've been getting on more and more people mm -hmm. for interviews and stuff who Mm -hmm. help to make the show writers directors things like that it's pretty cool and like really cool cast they were definitely slumming it when they had me on they actually have really good guests on there all the time (laughs) but yeah so i'm super excited to have jason on he is totally awesome and i think this is going to be a lot of fun yeah i agree this will be a fun one to talk about yeah all right well now you know what to do if you want to play along and you should that's it for us unless you're sticking around for the extended episode where we're going to just be I want to get Ariel's take on some uh, recent headlines. Ooh, okay. Because there's some like cool movies announced and stuff like that. And I just kind of like want to pick your brain a little bit. Yeah, those are always fun ones. I like doing that. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. Well, in that case, why don't you take us out? All right. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of More Deadly. Rachel and I had a good time with this one, even though we were both tired. We hope that you enjoyed our review. And next time... Get ready for Freddy's Dead with Jason from Dads from the Crypt. And if you're like us, maybe sneak in some of the other Freddy movies, too, (laughs) before coming back here in two weeks for our next episode. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Thanks to everyone for listening. And thanks to my co-host, Ariel, who's always willing to come on here and geek out about horror with me. And finally, thanks to the women who make the horror films we love so much. Production of this episode was done by yours truly. Editing was done by Ariel Missman Rucker. And our theme song, More Deadly, was by Elizabeth Kyle and Eric Neal. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the extended episode, aka More Deadly After Dark. After Dark, yes. I guess I probably should have saved my whole, I was right, you should be in a throuple for this part, since this is the sexy part of the show. (laughs) I will say, I've been watching the couple that made me have this moment of, like, inspiration, Uh and they're dating someone named Ariel. No. Are you kidding me? I swear to God. He's, like, in the Philippines right now with this beautiful woman named Ariel, and I was like... Oh, my God. Uh, you need another Ariel. That's so weird. It's just weird. only date Ariels, and it's going to be great. <laughs> confusing. But, like, I mean, I, I, people have a type, right? Turns out their type is an Ariel. <laughs> it's just the name. That's their type. Just the name Ariel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Wild. that Ariel's hot. You're hot. Clearly, oh, Ariels are the way to go. So sweet. Pasha. <laughs> Pashaw. It's, it's true. <laughs> I was looking at your picture because I was making the art for the midsummer mm-hmm. thing and I had so I, I spent a long time looking at everybody's faces and I was just like, Ariel's so beautiful. Oh my god. I don't even know how You're beautiful so she is. And ridiculous. I do her eyes know. are <laughs>
your eyes are stunning. Your face, oh. like your skin is beautiful. You're just beautiful. I love your face. You have like naturally full lips. And I'm like over here, like overlearning the shit out of mine. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, God, she's Shut so, up. she's so beautiful. Like, and you're, oh, you're, you're so we're sweet. about the same age. You don't have a line on your Rachel. face. I have been getting Botox every three months since the age of 18, okay? Well, it's working because you look incredible. <laughs> here's, here's the bad part about that, though. Mm-hmm. I just get it for migraines, yeah. which means that I don't get to choose the locations they put this stuff. Well, which... happy accidents. You look amazing. <laughs> but here, here's the problem is I think that I'm going to age at a certain point. I'm going to have like a smooth forehead. But then the face of an 80-year-old, down everything down below my eyebrows. You know you're allowed <laughs> to get additional Botox if you wanted to. I'm afraid of Botox personally. Uh-huh. I'm like a, I'm too nervous to do it. But oh, okay. although I did have a cosmetic procedure done, but oh. I'll tell you about that off the camera okay. Okay. or off okay. off off air. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, getting stabbed in the face is not like a ton of fun. I will tell you that. But like someone out there is just like <gasps> offended. How dare you yuck my yum? <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we talk about some movies? What do you think? There's yeah, some news. Let's go for in it. In the ether, there's stuff going on. Okay. Stuff coming back. And I just kind of like want to pick your brain a little bit. I want to pick your lady brain. So, first things first, did you watch the teaser for Pearl? I did not. Well, that's going to make this conversation. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> should I watch it real quick? No, no, it's fine. Are you okay? I, well, how about this? Did you watch it because not watch it because you've just been too busy or because you're like, no, I don't want to spoil anything for myself. I want to remain unsullied. So, I'm so excited. at the end of X, I watched that little bit and I felt like mm-hmm. I got a taste of what it was going to be. But yeah. I am like so paranoid about getting spoiled anymore after the whole hereditary b- debacle. And I don't want to watch mm-hmm. anything anymore because everything spoils everything. Eh, this might be spoilery so you probably chose that. i had to watch it because i was like scanning for queer things to see like is there any sure. way i can write about this because i'm very very <laughs> interested so cool. in this and i want to write about this um <laughs> and there definitely was some spoilers in there okay gotcha but it looks amazing oh, i'm so excited i just think it's crazy that ty west like wrote that script so quickly and they just immediately started shooting it it's pretty bananas but if it's anything like the quality of X, I am here for it. Because that movie was good. That movie that was, was fun. great. Yeah. There's a cool, like the shot, the opening shot of the mm-hmm. trailer, which is, this is not a spoiler. Yeah, yeah, um, But it. it's, it it has, like, the camera moves out of the barn. The exact oh. same opening shot from X, but now it's like the 19. Oh, that's 20. cool. Yeah. Are the costumes cool? Oh, yeah. And she yes. looks incredible. I mean, oh. I, Mia Goth is one of those people whose faces I love Again, to look at. Again, very interesting face. Yes. Yes. 